0: G'day, Ghoul Kings. It is your coach back here from the dead. I'm a little bit sick, but that will not stop me in my grand delusion that is flesh eater courts. What on earth is going on, and why am I talking flesh eater courts? There's no new battle tone, no new models. Well, there kind of technically is, but. There was an update in the uh, expansion book, the Harbringer's book. And funnily enough, uh, I didn't quite talk about it because I didn't want to do it in my preview. I actually wanted to get some guests in and talk a little bit, a bit more about the War Scrolls. But Flesh Eater Courts got some War Scroll changes. So I'm here with the abhorrent Ghoul King himself. One of Usharan's greatest uh, generals, Uh, someone who was locked in the little cage with him uh, when Nagash, when Nagash, you know, stuck you there and then Sigmar set you free. Uh, I'm here with Josh Glenn and we're talking feck and it's a little different because it's not a new book. There's no new grand Mm -hmm. strategies and battle tactics and it's not the big refresh though. Hopefully it comes soon. Um, we're going to talk specifically about your new war scroll, the uh, Marrow Scroll Herald, uh, and the changes that came with a bunch of your scrolls and kind of understand how this all works. What does it look like? Is it a good change? And what would you lose? But before we get into that, Josh, Mr. Grumpy himself, say a good day and introduce yourself. Hi, guys.
1: Um, so, you know, Josh, uh, Grumpy, as far as the uh, team moniker goes. I've uh, been playing Fec for two or three years and uh man, fa- best faction in the game for sure. Without a doubt.
0: So it's such a good book. It's such a good army. I love the lore. Like you read the law and it just sucks you in. It just sucks you yeah. in and um yeah. Uh,
1: there's there's something deeply enjoyable to me about the knowing that, you know, the Carrion King himself is under his own delusion. And that to me is the, the best part of the faction. There's no such thing as like, it's not a guy pulling strings up top and everyone else is just in this illusion. Like, no, he's he's just as in it as everybody else. Everyone in there thinks they're the good guy um, as they march across the, the realms doing doing good guy stuff.
0: And the best thing is like, I think a lot of us are just waiting for the day for Flesh Eater Courts to rise up against Nagash because for anyone who's watching this, who is not a Flesh Eater Courts player and you're not a law person, um, Flesh Eater Courts, as Josh is saying, doesn't fall under the legions. They're not a subservient. I mean, they're kind of like subservient because they have to, but for Flesh Eater Courts, they like, they, they don't see themselves as a part of Nagash's empire. And that's actually why, Negash put the original Carrion King locked away, and uh, Sigma opened up the vaults, thinking it was like some poor person that needed saving. And then the Carrion King went off free and uh, spread the Grand Delusion—that is, uh, the the Flesh Eater Courts. Well, I mean, he was a—he a, 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 was a poor. Person. I mean, they he never deserved to be in there.
1: He's just a great guy doing the best he could. So, I think it's just always important to remember. You know,
0: we are the underdog, right? Absolutely, absolutely, Nagash, and look, Nagash is going to get his comeuppance one day. For but sure. let's talk this book, okay? So, the Courts prior to this book haven't been doing that well. Um, sure, you can do some decent tournament performances, but it's not that they were in the top fifty percent of the performance, you know, metrics. You know, and as we look at it, it's that new book syndrome: Blades of Corn, Glues um, by Gits, Heat Nights of Slanesh, like all Rough. of the K- KO. They're all like really rising up. So our poor serfs haven't been doing so well, <laughs> but then all of a sudden we get this book, and uh, you get a bunch of war scrolls what was your first impressions of when you picked up the book and we will get into the weeds and I'll bring up the war scrolls and we can, um, unpack it a little further, but just high level. What'd you think?
1: So my, my very first impression, um, on seeing the war scrolls was I appreciated the glow up, you know, the, the, uh, at least my initial perceived glow up for one, the new Royal, um, the royal serfs and then as well as just the baseline increases to my favorite unit um the horrors um cryptors so those two things I immediately was like yay plus and then I got immediately super concerned when I when I found out that it was a magic heavy uh focus because that's kind of a struggling point for us and then um I got super happy again when I found out that uh, they had changed the rules to lookout sir so hopefully my my guys would stay on the table at least for a couple turns um, for for more shooting matchups so was my first so you, my first, and of course glorious onward forward was my 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 main thought you know
0: let's unpack that you've gone through the wild emo- wild uh roller mm-hmm. coaster of emotion so let's let's step back war scrolls got changed you thought cool um the whole book didn't get for anyone who hasn't picked up the book and maybe hasn't seen it just yet the book doesn't revisit the entire flesh eater court so your grand your um sub faction rules haven't changed you haven't got any new artifacts you don't have grand strategies and battle tactics added to the faction so it's not like a holistic rewrite of flesh eater courts That's just set the context josh when you saw that do you think all of a sudden flesh eater courts became overpowered as a faction was it was just like a nice quality of life upgrade like where, where does it rank
1: I think that you you'll see a market improvement in its win rate in the tournament setting. I think that you'll see probably a couple point bump. Um, I think that a lot of, unfortunately, what determines what's good and what's bad are more the battle tactics um, and the battle plans themselves. And I think that, you know, and that's just true for all factions across the board, right? In a competitive sense. But I think that um, having a baseline increase on a couple of war scrolls gives you more play into different lists. Um, I think, there was really only one list that was performing w- really well statistically, and that was the two, you know, big nine blocks of horrors or some variation on that. Um, I think like Blush Skin was solid, like forty-three percent win rate, forty percent win rate, you know. Um, so I think that that's my initial impression is that like yes. Um, we have a little bit more variance in our list building. We have a little bit, um, a wider, broader pool of maybe different unit choices, um, which is good in a faction that just doesn't have a wide range to begin with. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I am really hoping that flesh heated courts, the reason that you are the last to be updated, even after, after cities of Sigma is that you are getting a range expansion. That's all I can hope for because you're right. I actually, I, I play feck, um, I bought four start collecting boxes when I was in England. Cause it was like basically buy one, get one free versus Australian prices. Pretty and much, yep. that's basically the faction other the whole than army. like a other than a VAR And obviously now our underworld's war bands. It's basically mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was probably, and this is, I think one of the reasons it, it has
1: suffered um, at times in its win percentages, because, Hey man, this is one of the cheapest factions in the game to get into. This is one of the easiest factions to get into. And that's actually one of the reasons I started playing the faction because I was brand new to wargaming and I walked in a GW store and I was like, hey man, I don't want to spend a lot of money and I want to do this wargaming thing. So, you know, show me the two or three cheapest armies. And that was one of them um, because you could buy four four star collectings and you were done pretty much. You know, you'd mock up a little fake Arch Regent and, you know, you were good to hook. You'd, you'd go straight in and play play 2K games and it was too easy by comparison to some of these, you know, gloom spites or something where you've got 150 models, you're trying to prep for the board, you know? Yeah. Particularly when way, you were running uh, the dragon list. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, that's why I got into flesh heated court. So a regional book, original first edition book there was a battalion called the royal menagerie which is essentially what became grizzle gore and that's what i got into it but you could you you couldn't get Terra Geist's battle line back then so i still had to run three units of ghouls plus (laughs) a general and then three terror slash zombie dragons and they used to heal d6 um plus one i think it was every turn which was really cool back then bring that back i appreciate it (laughs) so would i so would i i've got five terror geists. But okay so quality of life there's been a bunch of war scroll improvements not everything just Mm -hmm. select three war scrolls ghouls horrors Mm -hmm. flayers that those those and those only you had you've you've got the new general's handbook so I'd love your, just your thoughts around at the moment, we are in a magic army, a meta, and fleshy to courts play a little magic. It's a bit like self-buffing self, deb- self buffing and debuffing, but you're not very good. You're not very strong generally at magic.
1: No. And it's a, it's, I would say it's a real bummer. And this is kind of like your worst matchups in a competitive sense are almost always going to be um, someone who either can blow through your units completely um, or someone who, you uh, shuts down your magic completely so I think that flush your courts tends to be an incredibly important deployment army understanding deployment is incredibly important in fact more than some other armies just because your your ranges are incredibly important um, a lot of your buffs are 24 inches um, so so maintaining that standoff distance where your wizards are going to be where your units are, that are fighting are going to be um, keeping them ored properly and then the enemy's wizards to go ahead and kind of counteract that uh, counteract your attempts to buff um, is super important to understand. But for the new book, uh, my initial thoughts are one, I value taking a spell lore a lot more than I used to. Um, and some of the lists that we'll look at today don't I didn't go super in the, you know, in the weeds to make sure that every spell is exactly what this list needs, because a lot of them don't. They're they're kind of like your personal choice. Um, and I feel like more than ever before taking a spell lore so that you can tech into one of the new three spells. Um, I think is is going to pay dividends.
0: Do you think something like the Dermal Robe uh, getting plus one to casting, dispelling, and unbinding is either something you're now choosing, or is even more important because plus one to cast, plus one dispel, plus one to unbind, plus primal dice, plus arcane? Um, yeah, that's for for a non-magic army. That's a really good start.
1: It is. Um, I do think it's important. the The question right now in my list building tends to be do I want to take, a lot of times it tends up to be, do I want to take the Dermal Robe, or do I want a spell lore um, for, the whole, for the whole army? And I find that if I, I think, if I have three to four wizards, which most of my lists have at least three wizards, um, I usually, in this book, probably would rather take the spell lore for flexibility. And it's only because as some of my wizards spread out, um, the ability for them to just have the blizzard spell Um, As well as their other spell that they, you know, their buff spell that was super important, so that they can probably juice themselves up with every primal dice I have, probably blow themselves up, but get that battle tactic to blow up an enemy unit, right, to seal that at like turn four or five, um, is the difference between getting four battle tactics and maybe five in a game.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing stories from uh, the Games Workshop Tarcoma tournament that's happening kind of right now, mm-hmm. and the Blizzard spell, Merciless Blizzard, being so effective not only to kill units but to get through things like the Ethereal Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon. Because, like, when you look at your faction, you're like, "How do I put down this Ethereal Zombie Dragon that could heal up six wounds or t- six wounds after mm-hmm. it fights?" Like, it's a nightmare to get through. Um, this merciless blizzard, while it's a casting value 12, um, I can see being very powerful and something you want to have up your sleeve, let alone hoarfrost, which, um, is going to be very helpful, especially on something like your ghouls and that
1: for sure. Yeah, I think, um, that you so that's kind of what I was trying to get at is the flexibility of knowing that you're at your, your arch regent particularly if you're gonna go second to locust you know now she's multicasting and she can go ahead and do the buff she can also do um, ferocious hunger so now she gets the double buff option you know and then you have the flexibility to throw on you know the mystic shield or um, something else onto that unit and then send them off to go to die um, I think it, it kind of just increases your again your flexibility um, more in this this magic game.
0: What about the third, the third change that's happened? And that would be the, uh, the changes to look out, sir. So look out, sir, is as always been minus one to hit. Um, but you've also got the old rules. Well, sorry, the old general's handbook rules, where if a sub commander, basically a, a non-unique hero is within one inch of a troop, battle line troop, uh, you, uh, you can't be t- picked as a target. So that rule from the last season is now kind of ported over to the new season which is
1: uh, which is amazing for us it's um it's fantastic um we suffer from the fact that most of our support heroes like most people's uh, in the game are kind of squishy and they're not meant to be frontline troops um it's definitely a glow up uh that that's a built-in baked in thing um huge huge gains and i would say that that probably effect would be tanking in its win percentage if they had not done that i think probably several other armies would have been too um you kind of you kind of can't have wizards be the focal point in their small hit point pools and, and bad defense and then expect them to execute against shooting armies otherwise so
0: yeah and the the small heroes i'm sure people watching this already across it but for anyone who might be picking this up for the first time um you i I don't want to say that flesh eater courts is reliant on heroes because you're not but the muster ability and some of the other things that come from your um like your courtiers and things You've got to protect them. You've really got to protect them because that's where part of your power and and the frustration of of, of starting to kill some of your models and then a horror comes back, a flayer comes back, ghouls come back. It's just like this never ending uh, annoying sandwich that you're giving me. Um, you've got to take out the heroes. So being able to protect them a little more um, because they aren't durable. They're not lots of wounds. They're not really tight um, ward saves. They're not really good armor saves. They they can Die quickly.
1: Yeah. Um, so one of the things I'll, I'll say, just as a concern there, um, as a concern for people, is um, when you're looking at that 12-inch rule, make sure that you're, you're you're positioning your front unit that protects your hero, so that you're bubbling out someone from being able to deep strike effectively, but you're keeping your hero within range of the lookout sir rule. So it's kind of a, a, a double requirement there from a, a tactical perspective that, hey, I want to make sure that if they come within here, I either get redeploy shenanigans to protect my guy or um, I get the ability to go ahead and cover him with lookouts sir, and extend the unit far enough so that people can't deep strike in and then shoot him. Um, it's, a hard, it's a hard thing to do, um, but just...
0: And, it, and there's going to be more shenanigans like deep striking, especially some of the uh, some of the uh, the the battle plans um, do allow you to move around a little bit more. So, um, For sure. all right, is there anything you want to talk a bit more about, just flesh eater courts in general, or do you want to get let's bring up the war scrolls and and talk a little bit about like what you've got and maybe contextualize how maybe in this general's handbook of Antor and and the current meta. What do we like? What don't we like? Thoughts on the changes? I would,
1: I think I'm probably going to have this kind of like as a recurring theme: the battle tactic um, for two fallbacks and two charges in the same turn. Um, us having to lean back maybe on some of our pretty bad, but maybe situational uh, faction battle tactics. Um, they they all point towards more flexibility than in last leaks. Last seasons to me, so I'm building my lists with more MSU, you know, more minimum small units. Um, I'm t- I tend to build my lists um, to be more flexible, just because of the fact the battle tactics kind of necessitate it, and I feel like the battle plans also feed into greater tactical flexibility, so that you can make sure you're hitting five of five on your games. Um, which again, when you're playing with your buddies, doesn't really that matter that much. But if you're a you know a, a, an amateur professional um, then, then you then you're trying to hit them. So, but yeah, that, yeah that's you, basically what I would say.
0: No, absolutely, and that's partially why I also said at the start that don't think this is going to rocket Flesh Eater courts to five and zero. It's not. It's no. not that you've got this whole big change and you have got you know new overpowered grand strategies. And you're not zinch. You don't. You actually have to work for half your stuff, right? So, um, <laughs> you have to work for yep. your wins. A-
1: adding one AP to to a couple of war scrolls does does not an army make so
0: <laughs> but it is going to help you be more competitive and that's kind of that's the tweak that i yeah. think we were looking for and will be enough until you get a fleshier eater battle tome and games workshop if you're listening to me and i'm sure you are give me some independent courtier models i'm sick of buying a horus kit to try to fake up a haunter or a bloody info give me some you make it's a rough. warband Make me an underworld's Warband that is like one court, like one version of all the courtiers. I could buy them; and they're all my heroes. Done. Yeah, and,
1: and yeah, yeah. There's something, something like that. Even just like a a fun undead themed box, right? That was almost not even necessarily just Flesh Eater Courts, hundred percent, but just was a fun themed thing that you clearly could go ahead and scratch build or kit bash very easily into all of these different things would be great. So that I'm not buying an extra fifty dollar box for or, one
0: model and for then you one model. And, and then you got two others that you can't use you, and you like... got two others
1: that you can't use exactly because they come in sets of 3 yeah it's it's one of the most uh deeply unsatisfying things about running your flare or your horror army yeah yeah for sure
0: yeah I, I i i appreciate that so we have a new, <laughs> we actually have a new war scroll so let's let's before we get into the the upgrades we have a new marrow scroll war war her- I'm, I'm making up words that i'm reading you're good a marrow yeah. scroll heralds now this is um uh it's a, a minor hero so move six you know you i'm sure you've read the war scroll by now mm-hmm combat profiles okay if you're going to take it if you're taking this realistically the king's entry is probably the standout rule i'm going to shut up i want josh to tell me when you looked at this war scroll what are your thoughts do you like it is this plugging a gap that flesh eater courts had is there a particular build that this this model is going to slot into better than others like where are you at
1: um, so this model to me is all over the place uh, and the unit rules are kind of all over the place. I love conceptually, this hero and i think it feels like a design space that flesh of Quartz doesn't have which is like unique weird thing right all of our stuff is like very along the same line of like hey this is a buff piece it does this aura it does this thing and they they kind of all feel to be like one note in terms of how most of our heroes work uh, particularly the foot heroes i want to say one i love the model itself i think the model's glorious i want to get one to paint um I think that they, they, the, the only issue I have with it from a competitive standpoint, it's just that I think at 115 points, it's too much. I think that if it was costed lower towards like a courtier, a smaller courtier, something like a gas courtier, um, I think that this would see a whole bunch of play. I think the super interesting thing about it is that don't shoot the messenger thing. Um, so you might have the ability to kind of tech play it and block out shooting armies and stuff. Um, so definitely maybe look into picking one of these up for, your local meta, if you play with a lot of shooting friends, um, just because you can kind of like move block with it and do some other stuff um, with it that you can't do with other stuff, just because of its cool little um, six-inch uh, kind of uh, bubble, I guess. I don't know. Um, but as far as the King's Treaty goes, it's super flavorful. It's super fun. But I don't know how effective the bravery shenanigans are and i don't think teching into uh like the old style of playing um the bravery shenanigans with taking the you know the potentially two different artifacts at minus one or minus two bravery i don't think it's it fits in that build either which was you know a very like flare heavy blister skin list um so huge 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 love on this this war scroll for its thematic funness um i don't i have never i have not yet found a build where it actually seemed to shine um yet i guess that's that's unfortunately where i think i think i'm at for for this particular
0: war scroll you are very very kind uh i'm sure other guests would have (laughs) said this is not Look, no, I'm not here to say it's garbage, and if you like it, you do you. Yeah, i from, from a yeah. competitive point of view, when I look at this, it doesn't feel like it's plugging a gap. So when I look at the war scroll, don't don't shoot the messenger. Okay, it's nice, but not necessarily something that I've really needed, especially no. now that we've got the upgraded lookout, sir. In addition to that, you look at the King's Entreaty, right? And like it kind of is the it's the slanish version of the Temptation Dice, yep. except instead of taking mortal wounds, you get strike first. Now, yeah, I don't care. I for for for, for mo- I, I'm talking on behalf of the opponent. Mm-hmm. I'm more likely just going to refuse your your infected bone, and okay, you strike first. Great. i I think i think i'm okay i think i'm okay
1: yeah the the only time the strike first really matters is it gives you the opportunity to strike and then select another unit to go ahead and do the feed feeding frenzy and pile and fight twice so that's that's the only scenario but the problem is if if you have the super juiced up unit that's next you know is going to get the strike first it was the one i was going to strike first with anyway if I was the one that, who charged,
0: that was going to be my point. It's not that strike right. first. I don't value. I don't value. It's not that I don't value strike first. Strike first is awesome, but strike yeah. first in this situation, I'm like, okay. It's it, it's it's very situationally useful. And like, in one
1: in twenty games you'd be like, that was amazing. That felt so good. But did it on the average game? Is usually it doesn't play into how feck plays, right? Which is juice up a death ball, throw it into the enemy. Trade up, delete a bunch of stuff that you know way more than that unit was worth, um, and you're, you're that little guy probably isn't going to be there most of the time. Um, and if he is there, someone's just going to take the damage because it's way less than you know having a a weird scenario of maybe having multiple juiced up units fight you at the same you know in in that particular
0: instance. So the other part to this, fun, Josh, that that we both acknowledge is that there's probably over, look, I haven't done the maths. I'm picking this number out of the sky, but let's say Mm -hmm. 50% of the armies right now have bravery 10 or at least bravery eight or nine, like a really high bravery. So the likelihood of you infecting somebody and then looking for the the 2d6 and beating my bravery to issue receive. And now look, if it happens and it's a situation where I really needed to issue it, absolutely you're going to get it but it's so many situations like if then if yeah. then if then it's like yep. it's not enough for me as a competitive war scroll if it didn't have that portion about bravery really being involved in the
1: mechanic then it's far more interesting right where it's if it was just like hey man uh um, five up on a five, up, you know, on a five up four up boom right you you take a bunch of damage and you can't do it you know you can't use a command trait or can't command ability then then we're talking because now I can basically suicide this guy in to turn off a block. That's super important. Right. Uh, you know, yeah.
0: Cool. But he's, fun, it's a great, he's a cool great model. It's a cool model. It has fun rules. Uh, absolutely yep. go pick it up. If this is your jam, but would I take this to a tournament and expect to do well? There's no, no. list tech that's standing out to me right now that I need this at, over, another version of a courtier, another block yes. of ghouls, an, an endless spell. Yep. Particularly because, you know, at 115, that perfectly
1: does hit the metric for another block of horrors and another block or another haunter courtier, right? So, so you are literally giving up what is a very useful piece for a situationally fun piece. Again, bring it with your friends, have a great time. You know, I, I, th- the, there's, a, there's a guy named Shannon um, out in Colorado who is like a very, very thematic effect player. He's beautiful army, beautiful stuff. He always brings the stuff in like a big chest box. It's very, very uh, properly done. I can see him running this just so he can do the scroll. Like he hands the scroll to the opponent or whatever at the game table. If you're that guy, you're taking this
0: guy with or not. He's good, and you're gonna your opponent's gonna love it. So. All right. I think we've, I think we nailed this point across. But hey, Probably, if you're listening yeah. to this, if you're listening to this, folks, and you think that G- Josh and I have both missed something and there's a, a combination that we have completely missed, I want you to let me know because ge- genuinely, I want to know how to make the most of this model. And there's a couple of them from this box, like the, um, the Gits one, as an, another example, as a Gits play, I'm like, I don't need this. This is not something for me. It's clearly for somebody yeah. else. Mm hmm not for me um but what what is for me is our Mm -hmm. ghouls now ghouls had a war scroll changed so josh what has happened to our little old ghouls
1: so instead of so two two big things one instead of reroll ones we've picked up a pip of ap so sorry pip of rent sorry my 40k was showing um so that inherently is always huge in a war scroll, right? Getting just one unit piece of rend is is a big deal when it comes to potential damage outputs um, as averages. Particularly when we're just looking at like a, a you know a naked unit that's not being buffed by something, it just it marginally becomes way more usable. And then the other thing too is boundless ferocity has been changed, where instead of having um, plus one attack, which would have been ten in a Morgant list um, or twenty just in any list. You know, if you had more than 20 models, right, you get a plus one to attack to the whole army or to the whole unit, which was cool. Um, now they auto wound on sixes or fives, again, depending on when that rule takes effect. Um, so I think that the the coolest use of this is going to be just in economies, particularly with the new, um Frost? whatever Horfrost? The whatever new, the new spell is. Um, so that you can go ahead and effectively make a big blob of ghouls a hits on twos, auto wounds on fives, um, and then and then now has a pip of rend inherently. I think you, sh- you start seeing efficiencies where once you've thrown on plus three attacks onto that unit, you will see it absolutely blender things that it never could have in the past. And I think it makes Morgant a lot more lethal just because its base war
0: scroll is I think a, a good chunk better. Yeah. If you play Hawfrost, would you put it as rend or would you put it as to hit? I think it would entirely depend on
1: whether on how many attacks I got, uh, and that's not based on the math I've done. It's based on my gut, uh, just for how I tend to roll, um, and it would definitely depend on what I was attacking. Right. So if it's a, if it's a thing that's a four up, uh, I'm okay with taking it to a five up probably. If it's a thing that's a two up, then I'm going all rand all day.
0: Okay. Um, the the reason I ask is the payoff going mm-hmm. from a, because uh, obviously like all I can all add attack here, right? So a four to a three. Sure. The difference that the the numeric difference between a three and a two it sure. is not a lot. So, I mean, going forward. But, but from you're a... not fighting twice. True.
1: Right. So, then it's always where the numbers come in. And like I said, I would have to run the numbers and we'll get to that. I found that this is one of the most number crunchy armies because there are a lot of um, different variables of who fights twice, where did the buff go, um, and then what are you attacking. Um, You'll notice like different metrics of efficiency in the army that get wildly fluctuating depending on what those three variables are. So,
0: and I guess in uh, saying all that, if you're going to put hoarfrost on a unit, you want that unit fighting twice. So, if you got the flayers time. and the ghouls, whatever's getting hoarfrost is the thing that you want yep. fighting twice. So, I was thinking as like two different options, and mm-hmm. that might make sense. Um, but. I guess it stops you as well and from being roared. Like you, you don't care about being roared, right? You, you straight in, correct? Two up, you you commit, and yep. you're not concerned about the CP and. And again, it's just dependent on what you're going into, right? If you're going into a two-up save, then it's
1: obvious the three-run is the way to go every time, right? But if you're if you're going into you know um, a four-up save or something like that, probably the efficiency is on the two-up. Um, just to make sure that most of your attacks are going through, and like I always say, let the enemy make the bad rolls, right? The more the more you make someone roll, the more chances they have to to roll Spike really bad.
0: Yeah. By the way, when I say uh, I don't worry about being rawed, clearly rawed will impact feeding frenzy. I'm talking. I'm, 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 I'm. What I'm talking about here is the the um, all-out attack, not necessarily feeding frenzy. Raw will screw sure. your day regardless of what you're trying to CP. And, and that's one of the...
1: We'll get to it, but that's one of the coolest things about the new the new boys, um, the, the royal serfs, um, the royal ghouls. The fact that when they're within three... Um, or when they're within engagement range of a monster, they don't get a monster's action, is wildly cool. Particularly when you have hoarfrosted frosted them and then particularly some of the tech um, with
0: their alternate new profiles. So, So follow-up questions here. Would mm-hmm. you run... Are you running new ghouls? I 100%
1: will run new ghouls as my summon. So your arch regent, it doesn't care whether or not you summon new ghouls or old ghouls. It just says summon a unit of 20 serfs. So, I mean, obviously current ghouls are 80 for eighty points for 10. I think it's 120 or 115, something like that for the, the new ghouls. It's like, hey, man, why would you not run the new ghouls? Um, just from just from a points perspective, even if they weren't that much better. Um, you're... You're basically, you know, you're getting more for your money in that sense. Um, but in, in, I originally was super down on the new ghouls, to be honest. I looked at them, I was like, eh, who cares? Um, but but a little tech things like that anti-roar, um, the new tech thing of you can pull some of those ghouls out. Um, because the courtier's ruling says, hey, on a two-up, you add a model back to the surf's unit. So those dogs are multi-wound. The leader is multi-wound. Um, there's lots of decisions to be made for how you pull those guys and put them back in that unit. Um, anyway, I know different ghoul, different war scroll. So so maybe I'm, I'm getting off, off topic here. But I would just say those two things collectively, the, these two new war scrolls, this war scroll, and then the new ghoul, other ghoul, the royal ghoul, um, is, I think, going to breathe life into some old Morgant lists that have not seen good play in a long time.
0: And that was the question behind my question was, uh, would I run ghouls in the current? Cause it's been a long time since we've seen armies based around ghouls. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You can flood the board if you really want to, um, but it's mostly been about flayers and horrors and grizzle gore um, really for the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I do think that there is now, and again, it depends on how the meta shifts, right? It, it's all going to depend on how the meta shifts. It's it's all going to be, hey, what are you seeing in, in your own individual meta, like the place where you live, who's playing what? I think though that more than ever, there are gr- there are extremely good Morgant uh, board like mid board playlists. And what I mean when I say mid board for anyone who's not more competitive, I'm saying I literally just kind of toe into the middle of the board, I castle up a bit on my my deployment zone, and I control um, the middle portions of the board. And the second you come in to contest that is when I will counterpunch really aggressively into you. Um, but I'll let you kind of come to me and make, make mistakes, and then I will threat saturate, on, set threat saturate into you, um, trying to keep my Wizards out of your deny range, out of your um, spelling range.
0: Yeah, even if you took two units, look, you could absolutely build some good lists, especially in Morgant, that's focused around reinforced ghouls. But then again, even if you weren't taking reinforced Ghouls, I could see two units of, of ten. Um, they could be the great uh, ones that activate the re- the retreat, and then someone else charges as that wave exactly. battle tactic. Um, b- protect your your sides, and you know, stop some of the ambushing and a uh, place green. So, um, yeah, I, li- um, I, I, I like I like it. Yeah, yeah,
1: me, me too. I I just generally feel like hey, when you get that extra that I would say this though again super important to protect your heroes right because again the second that you lose an 18 inch away abhorrent or you lose your nine inch away courtier whatever you're relying on to get that ap bonus when that unit's gone not only did you lose your other support functions it does but now you've also lost the pip of ap that maybe makes that unit return to being even worse than it used to be um so again in some ways even more technical play required uh to not lose your guys and we'll see if if the ma- you know lookout sir sure saves us a lot for shooting, but it does not save us for the hero phase, and that's my biggest worry is. is yeah. That. So. Yep.
0: Yep. Which is funnily enough why one of my lists at the moment as a goblin player, I'm picking a fungoid cave shaman that can't be p- targeted if you're outside of 12. I'm like, yeah, suck on that one. That's you awesome. can't get my ger- you can't find my general because he's only a five that's- wound idiot. So I'm like he's mm-hmm. you, you, gonna die uh but what isn't gonna die is our crypt horrors so crypt horrors have had a little bit of a change i'm on team flayer to be honest i've always been a flayer over a horror mm-hmm. kind of guy but what's changed josh
1: so uh we see a couple things one we see instead of the reroll all hits which was my favorite thing in the whole game just because of the fact it was hilarious in today's version of aos 3 to be uh Bringing in a reroll all hits um, unit, it just made your opponents be like, "What? Like, when are we? Is this two thousand and eighteen? Like, what is happening?" Um, it was pretty funny to bring in, particularly when you're bringing. Like, I I um, saw a lot of success in bringing two blocks of nine, um, and pr- when they the points dropped as much as they did, um, and then you had these hilarious, you know, plus seven attack, you know, seven attacks. A hundred something hits, all rerolls, fight twice, all reroll wounds because the zombie dragon was there too. It was uh, you, you took thirty minutes to do an attack and you just deleted anything in the game, so it was funny. That's not there anymore, um, which I think everyone who is not me is probably super excited about. Uh, but what we d- what we did get is again a pip of rend, which makes this as a baseline general purpose unit a lot better. Um, and you also heal D three instead of one, which are both yes. generally speaking glow ups. Um, there's a slight difference in wording, just for us competitive nerds. It says the damage characteristic is three instead of two now, which is different than improve the damage by one. Um, there's some rules interactions there that are slightly different. Um, I could be wrong about that. It's that's what I remember. At least it said improve the damage by one. But either way,
0: no, no, um, no. I'm 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 looking at our shout out to our friends Wikipedia, and it looks like yeah. it's the unmodified wound roll. It has damage of no, yeah, no, it's the same uh, three yeah. instead of two. Okay, cool.
1: Um. So so no change there. Um, but just generally speaking, hey, the biggest change besides the AP, that's cool and everything. that's great. makes them a much more uh, reliable unit. But let's be let's the real talk right is with Galician uh, veterans gone, now we have a two inch range.
0: I so was going to ask that... you about this, although although the other yeah. change I think, uh, unless it's a spelling mistake for me, is you've gained an extra attack. You used to only have three you attacks, and now you've got four. Mm-hmm. So you've gained an extra attack. You've gained the rend, uh, and you're healing a little bit more.
1: And I would so so I would just say generally, they're probably my pick again as a horror guy who has twenty four horrors sitting at home. They are my. Um, I'm super stoked because my list just got stronger flat out with you know with with no negatives no points losses or nothing so that's just an interesting point like you, you we saw almost no points changes in flesh courts for any of the things that were the strongest things so all of these are just flat buffs there is no mm. there was no real loss at all um and this i would say is probably the the unit that that benefited the most for sure because those blocks used to not be able to push through i mean i killed nagash sorry i didn't kill Nagash. i killed archaeon with the Nurgle minus one to wound, with putting 18 Horrors around him and just beating him to death over three turns, um, actually for, for a 5-0 win, which is funny. But generally speaking, they're not supposed to get through two up saves, and now they they honestly can, um, It's
0: pretty cool. Talk to me about the Galatian champion thing, because when you started talking about double reinforcing this unit, so they come in threes. Uh, oh, by the way, there, there's another change for us. A good change is the co uh, the co-
1: oh yes the coherency change
0: yeah i was gonna say cohesion i'm like no that's not the word i wanted to say coherency (laughs) coherency now changing so instead of it being uh one to five uh it's now one to six six, which is going to play so well to your horrors and your flayers.
1: it does yeah for sure um and so for me Um, My main tournament list, uh, which we're not going to go over today, but my main tournament list runs one block of nine now and two blocks of six, specifically just because I can screen a lot more effectively for my castle. And I think you have a lot of really cool orientations now where you can make huge, big boy, chunky Roomba lines right? of of six, um, particularly as columns to fit them into uh, kind of like a spearhead and then having them both pile in. Um, i think has a lot of interesting play just for for how you move and how you keep your courtiers kind of like in between two columns i think it's also thematic and fun and it looks cool when you charge them uh, as columns instead of as you know big front blocky lines like we used to do so pre- pretty stoked by the change again just solid glow ups across the the war scroll
0: isn't a unit of nine playing in redundancy though like you surely don't get all nine in for combat. Yeah, you gain the extra range, but you're on pretty big bases. They're fifties. It's it's uh, they're they're forties. I they're think 40s. I could be wrong.
1: Maybe they're fifties. Maybe you're right. They're fifties. I, oh, I had oh, to buy a, a giant bag of weird millimeter, you know, bases. Um, but the the point of the nine for me in in the last season and the reason it was so successful is because again, I'm I'm it's a mid board list. So I'm saying, hey, you have to come to me. I'm gonna slowly win on points unless you can test some of these things. Um, and you can never push over. I don't care what army you're in. You can never push over a block of nine without committing a main asset. Yeah. And since since I will particularly with our ability to double muster on one of our foot heroes, particularly with the ability of make sure that you're you know you have. Um, your back person in the unit, so you know, your, your farthest back guy in the unit is within touching within um, two or three of your core tiers. So, if you need to, you can effectively roll 18, 24 dice to hit the eight five ups you need to entirely return that unit. You start making it so that they must commit 100% to delete the unit, or they know that they will lose because you will, on your turn, refill and clap back. Um, That's the only reason to take
0: nine. Now you you see this build a lot in the trogs uh, as well, like this big anvil. And it's not that you think you're going to get all nine into combat. I mean, you're playing for redundancy. So a couple will die. But when you do get into combat, you are still at peak with your six or your seven. And to your point, rally, muster, ways to bring back models will then bring back the efficiency. The, The nine block
1: is there only for getting double turned. That is the reason it's there it's to try and keep the unit alive through a double turn um, you're sacrificing flexibility you're sacrificing more six-man units that are again um, kind of the way that I'm more leaning in, in this particular set of battle plans in this particular set of, of battle tactics but at least again for the last season I that was a that was a problem that I made the enemy solve every time is how are you gonna get rid of these? you have to get rid of them at some point. So that means you have to go all in. And since my, my list usually runs the two dragons, it meant, cool, you're all in. And now I don't have to even throw a dragon away. I could just put a terrorgeist right there and and go to town
0: on my turn. And it's big enough that you can't ignore it. A six, six, you can work around, you can chip at. Nine, yeah. you've got you've got to go in. So uh, I guess this is a theory, folks, if you're listening to this and like, are you thinking about double reinforcing? Are you keeping yeah. them? Because um, Josh was talking earlier about Minimum-sized units, do I just run lots of threes and flood the board with lots of threes?
1: Yeah, th- those are the two decisions to make. I'm leaning more, and we'll see it in the list at the end. I'm leaning more now towards running several six-mans just because the coherency differences and, and the battle tactics tend to to make me want to do that more. Um, but I, I don't know if I can get away from Feast Day for my own tournament list. I don't know if I can get away from Feast Day and 1-9 block again. Because when you put the 5-up ward and the, the Mystic
0: Shield on it, it's, it's chonky one 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 nine is is probably enough yeah. um the last one the last war scroll change that we got and uh feel free if you want me to pull up some of the the maths hammering so josh did some maths hammering in preparation for this but my favourite, so i've got 12 of these at home is the crypt flayers. um so a couple of changes and the most important one probably comes from the death scream
1: yeah um not I'm gonna be honest. I'm not as positive as you are on them. Um, I I think you'll still always need three. You're always gonna need three because if you're running a terror guys, those are the three that you're gonna summon every time. Um, or at least I can't think of a time when you wouldn't upload that way. Um, but I uh, so you know general changes. Not too much. Their melee. Their melee got a little bit worse um, just because you can't go ahead and proc those mortals on sixes, which is unfortunate. Um, but I. As you discussed earlier, yes, we had a lot of armies that were like Bravery 9, Bravery 10. So the Screams always kind of felt really hit or miss. Um, but I don't think that their range now is worthwhile enough to be worth their points. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Flayers have always suffered, and I say always, I mean like in the last whatever couple of years, they um, have suffered the same problem, which is that 540 points for the block of nine Which is kind of what you would love for, just for at least efficiency in terms of, um, uh, you know, unleash hell and that kind of stuff. Um, It was always kind of questionable at more than a third of, you know, more than a quarter of your army going towards a third of your army for that one block. So then you were running a bunch of six mans, and that didn't feel as good. I think in the last edition, it it might feel a lot better now, to be honest. But I'm just a little torn. I don't think of us as a shooting army, and I think for me, I'm not a blister skin guy. Um so I'm inherently not super up on them. I don't know what I mean you you're up on them why why are you up on them tell me why
0: so it's not that I'm up on them. Um, it's so you've had a, a fundamental change here. So uh the old war scroll was was just for anyone who either hasn't seen it or needs a refresher. Um oh, you would do it, you no 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 not at all, not at all. Um so you do a bravery basic basically every of your flayers would roll two d6. Uh if you were in combat, you were in three, you get to um basically Add two to the roll or subtract two to the opponent's bravery. The difference between the, the 2d6 and the bravery would be mortal wounds. So you've gained rend, but you've lost mortal wounds. So that's the, probably the first change we want to talk about. I, and when, when I, I think I, it's a good go, ahead, go ahead. on, no, keep, keep going. No, go ahead, go ahead. I
1: again, it's just their 180 points. That's the that's always my. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, so what, what I was going to say, from a War Scroll point of view, you've probably got more consistency across the board. Now the value of being able to hit something, regardless if you have high bravery or low bravery, it has a consistent job. But now you lack mortal wounds outside like your Terrorgeist. Do you need a whole bunch of Ren minus two one damage screams? Um, and I don't know. And the
1: problem is, you know, if you look at the amount of damage that really is, right which is what 12 12 attacks for the unit have done a four so now i got six going to wound you know that functionally means at the end of the day the the, the enemy's making like three saves probably somewhere around there on a good roll so it's three minus two at one
0: you it, know it so is, if you it is four attacks each of them are four attacks that's 12 attacks across three models
1: right so you know so 12 attacks for a unit of three right and then half that for a four up to hit so now i got six going into wounds i wound on a three so now the enemy is making like four probably three to four saves um pretty pretty reliably i guess there is the bonus right for the plus one if they have a low bravery but probably pretty rare again like we're saying in this day and age to have both you know six six or less um But then, so you're only probably putting in probably four saves for the enemy, or so statistically on average. So it's four saves. So at most on a unit of three, you're doing, you know, three or four damage. Um, I I liked it more when they either did a hell of a lot or they did nothing, because it was funny.
0: So (laughs) this 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 is my my conclusion. I think the role I think the role has changed. I think what they're trying mm. to do, instead of you totally commit, because what you saw with Flayer lists is people would fully commit, as you mentioned, look for everything that could debuff under the sun. And when you went hard, you filled the board with all Flayers. And I think yep. the way I read this is you will likely take a unit of three to six Flayers in your Flesh Heater Courts. Regardless of your build, it will play a role like a, like a artillery or some type of shooting unit, but you don't go all in. And you don't need sure. to go all in. So this could be great to kind of go ahead of your horrors, uh, clear off some chaff and then let your horrors get into the into the good stuff, but you probably don't build a list around Flayers. That's that's yeah. kind of my, my read.
1: Agreed. Yeah, it's just going pure blister skin flares is probably not as good. And it was it was fun, but questionably good statistically speaking, before. Um yeah. I know that like Uh, the last GTI I went to in in Colorado, there was like so many FEC players. There was like six of us there. And I think like three or four of them were blister skin and they all kind of had the same list. And it was kind of like, yeah, man, it's cool, but there's too many matchups that just,
0: just don't care. And that's, and that's overall, I think it's a better change, but you do lose the people who are building into it and going hard. You've lost no debate. You You didn't get any better, but if I'm running a Morgant, a Hello morn if I'm running some other type of build, would I now go and build crit flayers into my list? I think so. I think possibly this is worth considering.
1: I know that I personally won't, but what I will say is you always are going to get three, because every time you're running a ghoul king on Terrorgeist, you're going to summon three knights. And I'm still going to take flayers over horrors any day of the week. So so you as a player still are always going to bring three of the match, right? Assuming you have a ghoul king. You're always going to bring three no matter what. Um, 90, at least 99th percentile, right? Um, so yeah. I, yeah.
0: There's one rule that we haven't spoken about that is unique. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, think is new- fascinating. This is fascinating. So yes. escort, escort courtiers. So basically, if you have a small hero, so a, a hero that is uh, seven wounds or less, it can't fly. If it is wholly within three inches of a unit of uh, Crypt Flayers, it can basically hit your ride, fly with the Flayers, and then drop sure. uh, drop out um, and just be outside of three inches of the, the enemy. Like, And the
1: meme dream <laughs> here is, right, that, so this is why I'm so sad that they changed Arcane Tome. I, I just wish that they had not changed it for the Smash Bat. If they said the Arcane Tome is no longer allowed to cast spells, you know, other spells... For every unit in the game, and then had a little exception set, except the Vargolf, who who desperately needs the Arcane Tome to still exist um, to be the old Smash Bat that he was for the Flaming Weapon upgrade. Um, I'd be super happy. And if that still was a possibility, I would 100% run these, particularly because if you end up running the Ghoul cool King on Terror guys, and this, uh, well, I guess it wouldn't work for the Summoned uh, Vargolf, but it would let you basically kind of like yeet, slingshot in a Smash Bat um, Since so you could pick him up from the back of the unit and then throw him forward, um, it would be it would have been super cool. That being said, I still think there's some some Smash Bat play maybe, um, but in today's day and age, he just doesn't feel like he punches like he did four years ago.
0: Talk to me about the rule. Ignore Flash Smash Bat. Like, sure. It, does this does this rule have a part, especially as you said? You might summon on a unit of flayers. You got your backfield um, hero sure. who might have already used a channel throne to do its thing. Would I, you use this rule, and how how does it maybe get used on the table?
1: So two things: one, I didn't I didn't see the seven wounds. So anyone who's a flesh eater courts like that's going mm, the mm, Vargulf's eight wounds. Thank you, I caught you. You're correct. Um, but um, I, I do think that there's a perfect situation where this comes out. But again, for me. I'm almost always summoning my 3 on the other en- on the enemy's deployment zone, the other side of the board, right? So the only time that I'm going to be using this rule 99% of the time is if for some reason my my backboard ca- kind of summoned units end up meeting up with my midboard, you know, control units and then I have this opportunity to slingshot somebody onto a point to try and take it. Um, I think this would have been way more interesting last season where GC's being on points was super important. Yes. Um, I think this rule would have been amazing. Last thing, particularly when you had like Ryan Hide and all these like cool things that, that played into a GC. I think it's this second, rule again.
0: It's a second telemaster, it would Crazy. It would have been.
1: Yeah, it would have been super cool. Um, but I think us going out of that season and into a new season, I just I look at this and I go, okay, there will be a game that I win the game because of being able to yeet a hero onto a point that I would never have been able to do uh, otherwise, but it'll be few and far between, and I don't see us having the foot heroes to really optimize this um, like as a normal plan, I guess, if that's the way I'll put it.
0: It's funny, though. No. It's fun. Look, it's a, it's a cool rule, and I, I thought about this a lot, yeah. and I'm like... I don't think I would develop a game plan based around escort courtiers, but if I find myself in a position where I need to go shore up an objective or I need to get, uh, I'm preparing for potentially a double turn and I want to get a wizard in range or in a different position to maybe go prepare for uh, merciless blizzard, this could be really helpful, but I don't think actually maybe maybe there maybe there maybe, it's maybe. if i'm going if, if i'm going second yeah. and then i'm preparing for maybe a double turn and right. i'll get my wizard You're... within 12 and i'm gonna go do yeah. merciless blizzard maybe like and that's i guess the point i was
1: trying to make is is there's a there's a moment right where maybe you've ran forward some of your back pieces and, you know, your your deep summons, which for me is the only time I'm going to probably be playing uh, much flares. They've come up and they're in the mid board now, too. And you have this golden opportunity on turn four and five to, you know, yeet the arch regent with flaming weapon because you took spell lore. And for some reason, your arch regent has flaming weapon or whatever, you know what I mean? You're crazy tech. And now you have a super bomb, um, you know, ghoul king or something on foot.
0: So you can, yeah. So when you do it in uh, the summon imperial guard, and you do your, that's all happening at the in the movement phase. So you could, yes, use escort courtiers, move up the board, then do the summon. Obviously, not near your channel throne, so you get it's going to cost you a CP. Um, stay outside of three inches.
1: No, because the summoning occurs. Summoning occurs at the end of the movement phase
0: yeah so yeah well, that's what i'm saying though you use the escort courtiers yeah. to move up the board then you summon at the end of the movement phase right what i'm saying yeah. though is you're, tra- yeah, okay. you're trading off not using the channel throne because you've moved away from it um but you are getting board position from the summon
1: yeah 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 um Again, I think we I, both agree it's, it's a situational.
0: I think we, I think we, both, super like, situational.
1: Yeah. yeah, And and to me, it'll always be pro- For me, at least, it'll always probably be a turn four, turn five play that I happen to find myself like. It's a it's a new tech piece to know that I have that in the back of my my toolkit.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It might be a great way to protect your wizard, and, and like you got to keep it for your grand strategy or about ba- ba- whatever.
1: I I think this is a rule that requires a lot of practice. Like cuz we just this is a thing that we've never really had before. Um and again, I wish it had been there last season cuz it've been so much fun to play with this for big brain plays. Um but I think um I think it yeah, it's interesting. It's super interesting. Maybe maybe if I'm if I if I get good, if I get good, I think I'll, we uh...
0: We'll there. I think we both agree this is situational. Um, I will say though that I was a little disappointed. I thought you would get the Vargulf rule, not the Vargulf rule, the Vargeist rule, where instead of being set up, you can you can come in from reserve. I think that would have been more valuable uh if you got that rule from from Soul Blight. And cool. All right. Which is
1: which is always fun.
0: Yeah. Very quickly before we get into your rules. If I, was, if I was a Soulblight, uh, Ossiac Bone Reapers, or Hort, um as a fec, FEC player, do you value this combination of units and the rules that come with it? So the special rule for this Regiment of Renown, Flesh Eater Courts, you can't take this. This is excluded from you, everyone who is not Flesh Eater Courts, uh, and you have the ability to run and charge. That's what you're essentially getting for 460.
1: Yeah. So uh, what I will say is that you should 100%, if you're a Soul Blight or an you know, Osirak player, you should 100% use this because this is your first chance you've ever had to play the good guys. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, jokes aside, though, in a competitive sense, no, this is not uh, good. And particularly because the second that you lose that herald, you lose a lot of your, your inborn rules. Um, and a lot of the rules don't synergize because a lot of the stuff is pretty reliant on the keyword courtier or the keyword abhorrent. Um, so a lot of like the buffs and the cool things we've talked about, like, oh, these guys got this, they no longer have them. Um, the second that that little marrow scroll herald guy is gonna die, and again, he's not uh particularly uh, an important piece anyway. So, no, short answer is no, this is not this is a fun thing, this is super cool. Buy it so that you have the parts to go kit bash your other cool undead stuff, and that's that's about it.
0: Yeah, I struggled to find a reason why you would take it, and Josh and I both agree that part of the reason is like three horrors or three flayers don't do a lot. Um, so no. like, you know, if I'm going to take these as an ally, I'd much prefer to take six horrors uh, or six flayers as opposed to three and three. I don't need that in my, like, I can't, I, I can't justify it in Nighthaunt in, in, no. in Ossiark in Soul Blight, That's more zombies. That's more, you know, Immortus Guard. That is more, yeah, man. Uh, more of something that, put
1: that this put that super cool mortise engine in there just for, just for just for the glow up because that thing's awesome so that then that, that'll even in a list that doesn't make any sense that'll do more than this would so yeah plus you'd know, have yeah. a cooler model
0: <laughs> before we get into your war scrolls to kind of like show this and how it all kind of comes together mm-hmm. I know you did some homework on the average difference so I'd love to like you know feel free to like talk a little bit more about some of this sure. and your observations.
1: So this is um, so these aren't perfect. So some of the new conditions and new rules are so for anyone else who's running them and they're running them and they're smarter than me and they're not using a calculator. They're actually running them Excel. Um, you'll notice that your numbers are probably slightly different, but these are pretty close. Um, so the first three colors, I'm colorblind, so bear with me. But the first three on the left, uh, the blue, the green and the orange, those are basically your your old ghouls, your new ghouls and your royal ghouls at um a 10-man unit with no buffs just being in range of your respective courtier um or your abhorrent sorry um so the the thing to take away is yeah on the right side of the house um you know very low saves and that kind of stuff they'll perform about the same with no buffs um and that's fine just because the more attacks on some of these units and that kind of stuff for ghouls um will be there but if we when we're looking towards the left, that's when it really matters. Where you're starting to see both the the new ghouls eke out, you know, a, a wound or two more on like a two-up save. Um, and this is again for this is for a minimum-sized unit with no buffs. So these 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 look like only one or two wounds here, but those translate to like eight wounds when you add more attacks, you fight twice, you know, you do all these things. They, these start to become kind of exponential increases. Um, so, so particularly in the two-up category, um, you see big changes, and then uh, this also kind of illustrates how much more damage these the royal guys can do um, percentage-wise. Um, again, just because remember that these are like kind of exponential games when you start adding attacks and you start adding um, fighting twice. And then the, the two colors on the right, um, those are your new ghouls and old ghouls. Um, you can Horace. see almost. Sorry, sorry, Horace. thank you. whores, sorry. Um, you're you're looking at almost twice as much damage towards two up saves, so his spike, his significant
0: This is huge. It's a massive huge. spike. absolutely huge. Yeah.
1: Um, and again with with two inch ranges with increased or uh, you know better coherency, more more free flexible coherency and stuff. Again, you're easier to get them in there. They're they're just a general much better unit for, for not having to put all the eggs in one basket and still being able to do some stuff. I think for me, I always compare, you know, if you're a 40k guy, you always talk about like, well, how does it do against space Marine? You know, what's it do against three ups? I kind of think the same way, um, against stormcast, which I know stormcast, like aren't the boogeyman. So no one should be thinking that like stormcast the thing to beat right now, but that is always my, like, um, my benchmark is the three up save. um, And, you know, you you just now you're looking at like, hey, one of these units can reliably and very easily do the five, four to five wounds I want it to do to maybe force someone to at least do enough damage to force their little chaff units to always have to take a bravery. Um, You know, they're just they're a little bit more effective. And I think that'll translate out across the board over many things. That's kind of one of the reasons, again, flexibility we have more than we used to have just because of the natural a little bit increase on the the war scroll
0: yeah it's fascinating when you get into the weeds and you know we haven't looked at the other side which is you know safe stacking obviously a thing mystic Mm -hmm. shield all that defense but like the old horrors versus the new horrors only when you go into no armor save does the old horrors war scroll stand out and to be honest with you do you want to be putting your uh those horrors into a a zero save like sure bunch of idiots probably not probably not
1: I mean it was it was was one of the funniest things in the world to watch a nine man block of horrors with full double re-rolls go into like a zombie triple re you know, double reinforced and pick up the whole unit in one attack was was, was fun. But that's a pretty pretty niche, not not a standard day. So though
0: though at current tournaments killing units of zombies is something you need to consider, otherwise those mortals are, are splashing back and, and uh, Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. But I mean you you will very easily be able to pick up 60 zombies like i if i go first i'll pick up 60 zombies every time even with a six man block of horse assuming i got some buffs off and i fight twice just yeah. just because you know you're looking at here this is saying oh hey on average you're doing like 10 well that's with three three little whores, so you're closer to 20 on average um with a six man block and then that's without any buffs and without fighting twice. And when you add on three more attacks, you're basically doubling the output of the unit. Now you're on average doing like 40 damage. Fight twice puts you to 80. You know, it's it's extremely easy to clear chaff with horrors. Uh, old ones or new ones, it's kind of irrelevant. They just, they, they, they mow things. Um, and you'll see that your ghouls actually mow a lot more than you thought to. Just again, way to dice, too many attacks. If they don't have a save, you're, you're in big, big trouble, so.
0: For anyone who's wondering where this came from, uh, Stats Hammer, I think it is. Uh, there's a couple of like uh, math and yeah. calculators out there. Stats Hammer is definitely a great one. But it's fascinating when you actually look at profiles and you start looking at, like, the full potential. And if you have a sub-faction, you get extra rules, whether it's, you know, add plus one to this or extra attack yeah. here. You can start to extrapolate and kind of see what the expectation of damage is so you can make better decisions on the table and, so and
1: and why you're and while you're if you want to scroll down real quick at to the the new royal ghouls again you'll kind of you can kind of see how effective they are percentile wise. and it's probably the problem being or i guess the bonus being if you read the war scroll it says um one in every 10 must be a you know royal hunt guy and royal hunt guy has the uh flat three attacks um and then two of them are the dogs that have multi wound along with uh, the the hunt master. So you're actually getting way more wounds in this royal hunt um, set. And you're getting more high value, high damage units that you can either protect with a buffer of 14 ghouls so that they get their attack in that turn. Or if you're, if you're the opposite side, they've already attacked, and you know that a courtier is going to return models, you can pull those big multi wound models first. Yeah. Um, and leave the ghouls to, to clog up that area and then on your turn boom return the the hunt's master right into the front and on your turn he gets to attack first again to do more damage right so um some some tech play there for the the new the new guys i didn't want exactly. to like them because i don't want to have to make more models dang it i've made enough ghouls in my life but unfortunately statistically they're they're currently make way too much sense if you're summoning a block of 20 from your arch region
0: my thoughts and prayers for you having to force and buy more models. <laughs> uh, literally after this call ends, I've got to go up to the game store and go pick up my, uh, my more trogs. I need to go buy some more trogs. Yeah. That's uh, a rough yeah. life
1: to, to need all these, these, these plastic dolls. i tell you. Damn. Threatening me with a good sign.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, um, cool. caveat here, folks. Um, so Josh is going to go through three examples of lists that he's built. These are not uh, the ultimate lists. Uh, so no. you don't have to take this and run this at a tournament. Um, I, I will uh, preface as well that we are there's no FAQs just yet. And I know yeah. Josh and I were having a, a pretty robust debate before we started around more was it was it more modern? No, what was it? Um, which sub-faction? Uh, the Nagash oh. interaction. Um, oh yeah. Uh,
1: it, it's, um, it is Morgon. It is Morgon. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So, so there is some rules interactions. We'll get to in a second. We'll talk a bit about it, but just if you are thinking about doing this weird combination, go talk to your TO to see sure. if they are a rules as written person or rules as intended, because it could be a very different play. But Here's your first sure. one. It's a Hello Mourn list uh, Arch Regent with Horfrost, uh, Arch Regent Ghoul King, with, sorry, uh, Abhorrent Ghoul King with uh, Deranged Transformation, Vargulf with the Flay Pendant um if you're hearing weird noises it's josh is in the kitchen um no 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 it's okay (laughs) add flavor to uh maybe people think they're going crazy hearing voices um it it would work well with this particular video uh the ghoul king on royal zombie dragon which is the general grave robber uh corpus gauntlet razor clawed mount trait flaming weapon you've also got the crypt haunt courtier Two, three units of horrors, four units of horrors, um, uh, all wrapped up under the overshadowed grand strategy battle regiment warlord. What's this list? What does it do? How does it work? So this is this is not how I like to play flesh eater courts.
1: This is this is a way of playing flesh eater courts, and this is like a a threat or a pressure list. And the idea is that we're leveraging Morn, and we're leveraging the natural efficiency from horrors um, to let us run in charge with our horrors and um so this is not what this is not an alpha list this is a pressure list which means you get up in the enemy's deployment zone turn one or turn two and you basically try and pin them there for as long as possible um while you run around score points for three or four turns and then hopefully point um point out and win so the way that this would look like from a deployment is you're a five drop um you could also run this 100 percent without the warlord and run it as a, a battle reg um, a double battle reg for a two drop. Uh, that, that might be much better. As far as the grand strategy goes, pick one. I don't know what's the best one right now. I haven't played enough to know. But the, the idea here is that our six blocks of Horrors are going to run in charge and head straight in. Mm. Um, you're going to get the Vargov Courtier in range of a couple of those blocks with the intent being to provide multiple attempts at reroll charges. That's what that artifact does within um, an aura. You get a free reroll charge. So... You know, our whole line is going to threat, saturate, move forward. We're going to use our summons to go ahead and pressure different portions of the board. And then we are going to go ahead and position the zombie dragon to come in the next turn, hopefully getting off its its reroll all wounds aura, which is a big increase in just general damage again on these war scrolls. So so move up that Vargulf in the center zone, move up the dragon in the center zone, and then push all those whores into the enemy line. Uh, a friend tried this and said it was absolutely terrible. So... terrible in a good
0: way or in a bad way she was playing
1: against corn and it just it was not uh they were it's corn so they said cool thanks for coming to me and they had a big grind out fight and then the corn player ended up getting to summon stuff and just kind of won the game so um so i think it still has a lot of chops for most lists but be advised corn's corn's a rough one for this one (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean like melee versus melee, corn's got some tricks. I think the interesting piece here is that your crypt horrors are getting so many benefits on the charge, right? So their war scroll in natively gets some things when they charge. Hollow Morn um through the shattering charge ability, the reroll ones are uh, to wound is fa- is fascinating on the charge. You obviously your general on the charge does some mortal wounds. Um there's a whole bunch of things that are really rewarding you to be on the charge, so um
1: uh, yeah like that's why i was saying maybe this is better as a double battle wrench because you're gonna go and push you want to go first or you want to go second right you'll make yeah. that call on on deployment
0: the other thing as well which is fascinating is um <laughs> i was just looking at wapedia just like as make sure i remember what i remember it all and i'm like why do i have to take a command trait and an artifact like oh, that's right that's how the game used to be everyone had to have their first artifact as yeah. their sub faction so who knows Welcome what's to 2017. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it took me a second. I'm like, what? Why do I have, why are you telling me to take my first artifact? But um, it'll be fascinating when you get the new update and actually get a new book, what actually happens. And um, although like, to be fair as well, like Mount Trait seemed to be disappearing in a lot of books. So who knows if that stays. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I think, you know, Josh, you mentioned as well, you know, you could double, re- you could reinforce these horrors. So you could bring them from four to three. You know, if you wanted to double in and double down on those crypt horrors, you could potentially drop that ghoul king on, on zombie dragon, find a few more foot heroes and put more of those points into horrors. This is the the benefit, right? You can play around with it. You do you build your list. This, this, I like it.
1: Yeah. And then, then for anyone who's never, and a lot of people are going to see this and be like, what? No terror, guys? Get out of here. You know what you're doing. Um, go do the math. All say says, go do the math on a zombie dragon with uh, razor clawed and with flaming weapon. And you know remember to add in your, your plus one from finest hour for the wound. If you've got the whore frost ability, you can go ahead and make it so he hits on twos, wounds on threes. Um, the, the amount of damage that you can push out from a zombie dragon is much more then you would you would assume if you hadn't had this combo of stuff go off for you because i used to be super down on it everyone was they were like z dragon sucks tear guys where it's at um this series of 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 the 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 razor claw plus flaming weapon particularly with Horfrost making you maybe hit on twos um or go to three ap you know depending on whatever you want or three Ren, sorry depending on whatever you want to do is the potential for a, a truly staggering amount of damage. Um, Equal to a terrorgeist, at least. Um, just some of it not being mortals, which I think in this edition might actually be bad because I that, think a lot of people might be teching into it Their resistance that, to mortals.
0: Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's people are looking at mortal resistance. So, in one way, missing those claws, and especially when you spike with the claws and you can do 18 mortal wounds, you you really notice you got a terrorgeist. But um, the zombie dragon's always been more utility um Yeah, terror guys have always been more smash. It's like, what do you want?
1: Yeah, so so yeah, so we'll move on into the next version of the list. I think. Unless there's anything else you, no, okay. yeah, really. is, I'll, I'll, I fun... was going to
0: ask you the same question. Like, is is, yeah. is that all you want to talk about?
1: Um. So this is this is my t- my initial schwack at an at attempt for a morgan list. Um. So again, Morgant uh, on a four up. Um, as a command trait excuse me a command ability on a four up you can return one of these ghouls that dies of these school units that dies so um, you're looking at 80 ghouls and four blocks of 20 Um, and then you're also looking at the arch regent summoning 20 royal ghouls so we're at 100 there and then our ghoul king summons uh, another 10 so we're at 110 ghouls reliably turn one um, 30 of which can basically be deep struck anywhere on the board um, and then we also have a zombie dragon to go and summon a courtier with them, so you'll have another vargulf there as well. So if you want, you can kind of set it up as a block over here of 30 ghouls with a vargulf, providing that bonus, and then your 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 ghast and your dragon kind of operating as a second one if you want, kind of that two front two hammer type approach to an army. But I think that um, the real the real advantage on this one is again you're going to play it like a mid board, right? You're going to move these ghouls up. You're going to say, hey, come to me, and the enemy will come in. And they are going to absolutely shellac 40 ghouls, right? And you're hoping that you return one of them. It's a four up, I know. It's a four up, I know. But you're hoping on some of these over the game, you're going to return a couple of these. And just the basic glow up on some of these war scrolls means that you hit a little bit harder than you ever thought you would before. So again, your counter punch should be pretty spicy. and particularly the like, K, you've 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 got again, you're on a five drop, which I think five drop is gonna be a really solid number to be where you are outdropping a lot of lists. But yes, you're never gonna outdrop the two, you know, the double battle reg peoples, but you will still outdrop a lot of lists. And what that means is that you get to determine whether or not you're probably throwing in that terror guy's turn one, um, and disjointing the enemy, um, or whether you're gonna play extremely midboard, extremely castly, and let the guy come to you and then threat saturate and have everything going. So uh, they both play very similarly.
0: Do you find Flesh Eater Courts doesn't generally care about going first, going second? Or are you making a deliberate choice here through Warlord that you need the extra spell or the artifact? um, And that's why you're trading off like Battle Reg.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, these are the decisions to make, right? So in this case, I don't even think I put it on here. The reason I went Warlord was specifically just so I could take a lore. I, I could just take a spell lore, and again, these 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 are super flexible because of the spell lore. Um, they're super flexible for what all your wizards get to do during the game, and uh, these are just kind of shells, I would say, for anyone to look at. Um, I don't. I do think the warlord is important because I'm finding I either want the extra mount trait, or I want the the spell lore and the artifact, particularly if you're going Morgant, you're going Morn, you're locked into one that you don't want. Hmm. Um, so i'm finding that the warlord gives you the flexibility again look at your own kind of play style or the people who are playing around you sorry there's one moving in the background it's uh all, all good it's all good uh, yeah S- S- i'm in S- S- a different S- country
0: right now so something that i'm playing with and i don't know if it's correct but i want to play with it is um i've been taking warlord in my Gitz army because i've got a lot of like four five wound idiot wizards um yeah. i'm trying warlord with extra spell so instead of choosing spell law versus like Horfrost, frost rupture and things like that i can do both True. i can choose one of yeah. each and i i'm fine i'm going to test it and see the the theory because there's a couple of really good spells that i want but i don't yeah. want to leave home without Horfrost. frost I don't want to leave home home with that merciless blizzard and And I don't have enough wizards to to, to do both.
1: Yeah. And I, for me, I want two guys to have it right for like Horfrost, because like, I want them to go in. I want to use four primal dice on that guy. I'm fine with my little, you know, zombie or sorry my um my my ghoul king you know on turn five or you know turn four blowing himself up completely to go ahead and secure that final battle tactic or something um that's what i see is probably a thing and the other thing for the warlord that that just from experience playing the army for a long time is if i deploy and the enemy is going to go ahead and give me turn one i a lot of times i'll put my ghoul king uh my terror guys down last and if I I'll have made sure that I've made that I've given myself the ability to put the terror guys online up front and the number of times where someone assumes that even telling them like, hey, man, it's a 20 inch threat range turn one um, plus charge, like even telling someone that they don't assume that you're going to throw away a threat piece that's that important turn one where I do it all the time. Like I've won a whole bunch of games, not because it's a terror gas and it's the best and it killed all kinds of stuff, but it disrupts the enemy's tempo so aggressively that if you do it correctly, where you put it into the wing of an army and it gets into some important targets, it's a threat that must be answered and that wastes an entire turn. They're going to kill it. That's fine. But it wastes an entire turn for them to have to go kill this thing and they never got to move out of deployment zone. So... I need the Warlord because in that situation, I don't want to waste my summon and I don't have enough CP to guarantee everything else working. So what I mean by that is let's say I've got my Terrorgeist on the front line and I've said, go ahead, give me turn one. I know that I can make this charge, you know, on a five inch charge or whatever. Um, I need the three CP from the four, the Warlord turn one. I don't want to burn the option of getting the extra CP because I want to finest hour. So I'm finest houring my Terrorgeist. I then have, um, one CP that's for my auto six um, I need one CP to summon and I need one CP uh, as a reserve to go ahead and re-roll a charge um, so so I need I need that warlord hundred percent of the time um, on that turn one situation um, that if you don't have a warlord you 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 can't do so you're either deciding to not take the auto six to risk no re-roll or to not summon your flare uh, your your get um, yeah, your flares somewhere on the board and that's not a great None of that's a good situation to, to to have um so that's the reason the warlord i guess for me is is yeah it's cool to get the thing but honestly it's it's half of it's just the extra cp for that situation that i find myself in very commonly
0: yeah i never i never remember that cp i swear i probably forget it more than it's i remember su- it i i have Most a little triumph have, card i have a little card for triumph I'm like cool i remember my triumph i need a free cp warlord like just my warlord cp it's 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 i'm telling you that little
1: instance right of knowing it and there's so many games that i realize, you know turn five and i'm I'm certainly not unique in this where you realize like turn five you're like oh my i had a free cp that i could have just said i needed or you always remember it when it's like the charge phase you know what i mean and you're like why didn't i say i needed the cp in the hero phase so
0: yep 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 yeah I like it. I think it's uh, yeah, cool, interesting. Um, something that I'm playing around with as well is um, and I, and you might be able to play with this too is the um, the acolyte battalion. The uh, on a three plus you get yourself the extra primal magic dice, and because I, and like you know having that extra dice, and it could be the difference. Like if people are using primal dice to unbind, which it seems like the theme is going to be more anti magic mm-hmm. than magic having an advantage of having one more dice above your opponent to get that critical spell off or to to burn yeah. it to, to unbind and then still have something up your sleeve um, yeah. could be a valuable tool. It's something that I'm playing with. I don't have an answer yet, but it's something I'm I'm, I'm exploring. The, the one thing that I didn't include in this list, and I tried to come up with a
1: good version um, that I really wanted to include, is I really wanted to include the Wizard Sling Battalion particularly for ghouls because they go from two attacks to three attacks base against a wizard. How often will that come up? Probably not very often. It's probably not that useful. But I really felt like, man, wouldn't it be cool if I could fit this in? And I never could come up with a good way of fitting it in, but I urge you, it's in there somewhere. I'm telling you right now, just for free, slap, if you don't need the low the low drops.
0: I, I struggled to work at where I needed it. I'm like, yeah. unless I'm going into like a, a wizard hero, like an Archaeon, a Mar- not Marathi. Marathi's not a wizard. Um, sure. A little little Marathi. Like I mean, obviously, like sentinels and wardens. I'm like, there's certain things. That's what there, I was thinking was like, Lumineth. But even then, like, yeah. like I, I literally was thinking even, Lumineth. But like, do you is it even worth it? And because it's only really one model that's the wizard. The rest of the unit's not the wizard. So I pulled away yeah.
1: from it. I'm gonna be honest, it's one of those things where like I, I am a one of the huge gaps right in my wargaming uh education or whatever is that i'm a fec player and i don't play other factions um very much in in aos i do in 40k but not really in, in aos so for me i'm always like well hey i'm the good guys the bad guys are always doing tricky stuff like that when in fact it's just i don't understand the keyword interactions uh, i'm like ah yeah they're all wizards you know get in there boys
0: <laughs> at the moment i don't think it's worth it but yeah let's see how the money shifts let's see what happens let's see
1: and if you're not on a top table um definitely playing playing the fun good guys trying to hunt some wizards is a a way to theme your army for for justice and
0: and and for good so it's a quest it's a a quest of the course from the realm the quest of the realms so oh yeah here we go the final list. list the final list and as we said right at the start. Um, there is a errata FAQ that has to come sometime because there is is rules as written versus rules as intended. I'm going to pass the mic over to you, Josh, and you can explain some of the crack science. I'm just going to say
1: don't – First off, I'm going to say, just generally speaking, I would play this with friends. I personally wouldn't bring this to a tournament. Um, even, I mean, obviously you talk to your TO and your TO might say that this is totally fine. We're going to cover the rules interaction um, in a second, but it definitely is not, it doesn't feel like it's rules as intended. Um, and it, it needs an FAQ. But the short answer, the, the short thing here is we're back into Morgan as a sub-faction. So when a unit, uh, when a surface unit dies, you can go ahead and spend the CP and do that four up. Um, and hopefully, you
0: bring the unit back. But the wording on that rule is set up a new unit yes. onto the battlefield. A new, a, a new identical unit. So it's the command ability that yep. comes from Morgan. So outside of Morgan, you can't use this. So it's a command ability when the surf unit dies. So then the surfs are just just ghouls. ghouls. Just, just ghouls. ghouls. So yep. On a, on, a, on a four plus, um, the uh, a new identical unit from the one that was destroyed is added to your army. And then you summon it from a board edge, basically outside of nine, within right. six inches of the board edge, and you can only use this once per phase. Correct.
1: So, so you get your one shot every time one of these thirty-man blocks dies. You're like, oh, big rolls here, boys. Got to make the four up, right? So you make the you you hopefully make the four up. Whether you make the four up or don't make the four up, um, Nagash's War Scroll has a very similar mechanic on a three-up, but it says for a unit that has been destroyed it doesn't say this phase. It doesn't say if there's no, uh, I guess, parameter, at least I don't remember a parameter um, for that. It's just a unit that has been destroyed
0: um, I'm, in I'm, your I'm, beginning I'm, of your hero I'm, phase. I'm pulling it up now. So uh, the Sup- Supreme Lord of the undead, at the start of your hero phase you can pick one friendly summonable Mordant uh, Osiak Bone Reapers with a wounds characteristic of three or less that's been destroyed. Roll a dice on a three plus, a new replacement unit with half the models from that unit that was destroyed rounding up. Basically, rules as written, you, you can do both. You could double. Yeah, you can double rules kind of as return in, units. Rules as intended, probably not. So if you probably think not. about this... Either a don't go buy a Nagash if you don't already own a Nagash. B correct. Speak to, your ta- speak to speak to your tournament organizer unless you use the affiliate code. Feel free to go buy all the Nagash's you want from, <laughs> from one of my affiliate partners. But look, it's a fun interaction. Let's see it's if, if it survive. Let's see if GW survives it. But let's assume yeah. that it does. What's what's going on here?
1: What's going on here is the idea that we're just going to castle around Nagash. We're going to go and have fun with our big boy Nagash model. And we're going to try and uh, leverage uh, you know, both having three wizards in this case, because I took the Arcane Tome on my little baby courtier, which is super silly, I acknowledge, but it's the only way I could come up with to get all three endless spells on the board every turn if I wanted to. Um, you'll also notice that there's no... This is the first time I've ever gotten to take gr- gr- uh, Growing Kingdom too, which is that you have more summoned units at the end uh, than you started with. Uh, or t- something similar to that it's like our silliness the silliness that we never get to take because it's a t- it's a terrible battle t- uh, uh grand strategy Christ. so this is like this is memes to the max it's it's the grand strategy no one will ever take it's the gash breaking the game with with questionable rules lawyering it's the ultimate in in memery from feck um is it good no will it occasionally frustrate people a hundred percent um, and it's funny. So it made the list for me. Um I, I would just as a note though, and kind of one of the reasons I wanted to include this list is you'll notice that even though you're like, oh, you're running these Morgant lists, why aren't you running the Chalice of Ushran, right? Um, which is like an obvious choice. You're running you're running ghouls. You have to run the chalice, aren't don't you? And the answer is I would love to. I just don't think it'll ever do much other than the term it gets the turn it gets summoned, and maybe that's worth it. But you are always giving your opponent a free battle tactic um 100 percent of the time so you have to basically make the decision of at least the way that i've been looking at it is either you're going to run like three endless spells because you're going for a wizard list or you're going to run zero endless spells because Mm -hmm. you're always going to give your enemy an extremely easy battle tactic of dispel an endless spell right um and and that's the that's the reason you you don't you don't see the chalice on my list. It's just because I looked at it and I was like, man, I want nothing more than to run the chalice into these these ghoul lists and it just feels bad to give someone a free battle tech, uh, yeah, Battle Tactics. So
0: Yeah, it, it feels like and you know, let's watch the competitive landscape for the next month or two to see kind of where we land. Right. It feels like everyone's going heavier to anti-magic than to go into magic. And because of those concerns, I, I've done that as well. Like, I've dropped a lot of my endless spells. I've even I've even kind of, like, revisited the cron spine. I'm like, you know, do I bring in the cron spine? Sure. And I think the reality is, is there's a lot of people going anti-tech. Is it worth it? Like, is it going to be enough endless spells to go eat? Probably not. Um, the points is 500 points. Um, there's obviously now battle tactics and grand strategies and things that are tied with it. Right. Uh, just and then then you got the likes of corn they just go sh- straight up no so sure like sure um but but to, to get to the
1: three that i chose here you can pick the ones you want the umbra spell portal is the obvious choice just so you can get within that three inch range to do i think it's finger of dust or hand of dust whatever the yeah. the auto kill a model is um which is like that's the reason why you're playing the gash right because he's super cool and you can absolutely merc somebody um never played it I hope I mean I hope this is a fun list right uh, but generally speaking yeah I'm just I'm concerned about endless spells as a whole and um, I'll also say that one of my guys will always take the anti uh, uh, cron spine spell in the new lore uh, just for you so I'll, I'll always take spell lore and one of my guys will have that automatically turn off a cron spine or make him wild um, just just for you just for you
0: oh it'll be interesting to see how the it's an interesting spell especially if you take the the general command trait that allows you to know all the spells from the law yeah. of antor because I, I wouldn't pick rupture as my first spell it's like my sure. third of, but having it up your sleeve in those situations where you can turn a predatory endless spell into predatory or turn it a cron spine to go wild um will it's pay funny. dividends it will pay dividends but you're gonna find a lot of situations where you can't use it, so don't make it your yeah. first. Like S- super
1: like... techy, it's cool to have, but and it'll be hilarious when it happens that one time. That's what I'll say.
0: Yeah, but but what's more hilarious is four d six mortal wounds.
1: <laughs> that's why. As long as you use every primal dice you have and blow up your own wizard at the same time, I think that's a that's a good trade that everyone can be happy with.
0: Look, if you roll two d six and roll a one, and then you add an extra primal dice, you ask for it. You d- you deserve a you primal do. miscast. Like, and I will do just... it every time. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I love it. Oh my god, I, my I, I've got a chest infection, a massive chest infection. I'm about to go into a coughing fit. Um, Somehow, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm laughing. I'm laughing my backside off. But. <laughs> there, go.
1: there it is there it is nice i held
0: it off for, i held it off for 90 minutes and then bloody nagash and friends <laughs> t- triggered me but like when i look at this so like after talking to you and looking at these rules on behalf of like as a, like a, a ghouls aspiring ghoul player i'm not committed to the army but i do play it and i do enjoy yeah. it and i've got i've got many 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 models um hell i was i was on games workshop website with my little ghoul king on his little um little chair um, so cute It was cool i was really cool like i feel That's more cool, positive about fleshy to courts with these updates like like yeah i lost some things with the flayers, and i think i'll miss the mortal wounds because you've got some rend you've got some good rend yeah but the thing that you lack is mortal wounds especially ranged mortal wounds and overall the flayers will have more utility but you have lost something that it brought to the table in saying that the ghouls the horrors um some of the other things that have been brought to the table i'm feeling that you gained more than you lost is that kind of like the the fair assumption
1: i do i think the you generally gained more than you lost on pretty much any war scroll type situation um and it'll really be dependent on your ability to deploy well in a wizard heavy meta um to, to really still operate the way that eater courts was supposed to operate. Um, what I'll say just generally, though, as far as like the army as a whole, is that uh, much like any army, right, you should fall in love with them because of the lore and because of like the the things that make you want to play the army. And to me, um, the lore of the army is is only going to get cooler and better. You've got a new book on the way. You've got, um, you know, probably hopefully a new model range coming right and if not it's one of the best kit bash fun model lines of all time because you can take those old bretonian models and put skeleton bodies in them and
0: and have fun i kit bash the hell out of mine on my uh my flayers have little flags that like go across the bones like in the spine um my ghouls i've got like a like a musician and a standard bearer um i even Cause I've, I've got more money than like dollars than cents. Um, <laughs> I bought, I, I, bought a white King on foot. I cut yeah. off its head, put it on top of my ghoul King. So it actually had a crown. That's cool. Now, like, yeah. I mean, like it's an expensive conversion. Now GW actually brings out a model with a crown, but like, sure, it sure. is so much, it's so much fun. And, um, I do hope that you get your more talk. Like give me and sure. if that comes, I will be such a happy little player because um that's probably the one thing you're missing is like a centerpiece. You are give me a named hero, centerpiece, yeah. someone to to muster the force and maybe they're inspired by the new cities of Sigmar and something very knightly, very Bretonnier-y, very yeah. uh Yeah. I think um I'll say too I've had a lot of fun with with this
1: concept of like you know just being AOS being AOS right you're like hey you do your theme for your particular realm that your army is operating in and I think that there's a lot of fun lore for when you're gonna make your army or model your army on hey who was this army like what other faction was this before it became Flesh Eater Courts so you can kind of take and repurpose literally any faction in the game and make it into a Flesh Eater Courts faction that it, excuse me that exists in that side or that realm um, so it's 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 one of the best for modeling in the game. Hands down, it's got amazing lore. But all right, well, I'm not letting
0: I'm, I'm not letting you go until you tell me yours. So what is your, your lore? Inspire the masses here that if people haven't developed <laughs> their own lore and found their spot in the mortal realm, where, what's yours yeah, all
1: about? So, so my I have um, two different blocks that I painted in my army at two different times. So uh, my, my first portion of painting was all... Um, modeled after a series of waterlogged shayish based um pale blue um ghouls and so they were uh cast out from shayish they ended up finding a basically fighting towards uh, realm gate and finding a realm gate deciding that they were in a land of um of, of evil and needing to go out there and quest amongst the realms and find a new safe place for themselves they ended up making it through a portal into Gir, um, and so the other half of my army is all like a tribal uh, headhunter vibe. So all of my models have like heads that they're carrying um, and they're much more of a bestial vibe and they're all much more uh, blue green to kind of represent the the difference in change of uh, them being like a forest kind of base thing. So I've got my my old original... Uh, start of the crusade nights that are all uh, blue and kind of like an ice blue vibe. Um, and then the transition to what they have picked up, their new friends that they have picked up, which is uh, several tribes, basically of gigantic horror, uh, like headhunters, because we had headhunters in that particular league. So that was the lore for, for my particular crusade as it came into Gur um, and has begun to spread the good word uh, amongst the local populace that um, Ushiran is here and he cares.
0: Sounds like you need this marrow scroll. You need this marrow scroll herald <laughs> walking around. But um if people yeah. wanted to see your mod this, by the way, sounds incredible. I, I love I love anyone who is able to incorporate some lore into their army. It does unlock. I've talked about this a few times, but it really does unlock conversion, stories, uh hobby inspiration. There's so many cool things you can do when you like you start playing with this space. But if people wanted to follow you if they want to see some of your hobby um are you on twitter or threads or discord or where, where can i not find No, really your stuff? i can
1: I'll, I'll send you maybe a picture or two you can throw in the maybe the link for the youtube but it's it'll just be a picture right. or two i'm not a i'm not a top tier painter but I, I i i will say that um i do a lot of 3d printing a lot of modifying and cool but uh you still yeah, there
0: sorry you cut you sorry could, nope. i don't i don't oh, know if you cut out on my right. side but can you just repeat it just I'm, in case it was, was sure sure oh, yeah no.
1: so i'm not a uh i'm not a, a an instagrammer much but I'll, I'll send you a picture or two maybe you can throw a link up or something uh, on the video but yeah no,
0: i'm not a painter but i love that space so awesome any final advice you'd want to give me as a flesh eater courts player or do you reckon like
1: don't don't ever sleep on Feast Day, the the subfaction Feast Day. Um, if you're Feast Day is the most forgiving of all the subfactions. So if you're struggling and you find that your CP use is like not necessarily the best, and you kind of just want to do stuff, then look into Feast Day because it's very forgiving and you can make just really general lists um, that that are forgiving as a player. And then two, um, my main piece of advice is just have a have a deployment set that you know you can always rely on this one basic way of putting down your models, because when you go up to play and you don't know what the other guy does, you can kind of ask him what he does, but you're never really going to know what he does until he does them to you. Um, So having a good deployment plan and knowing kind of like how you deploy in most of the battle plans you're going to play will just save you flat out from just throwing some games away where you just kind of deploy it all willy-nilly and you didn't know what you were doing and it it bit you all right
0: final question because you forced my hand what's yours like now obviously battle plans opponents going first going second there's all these things that are going to happen but like what advice would you give me as a fleshy to courts player deployment are you someone who deploys on the line are you someone who like centers up castles are you like give me your baseline generally
1: Generally speaking, I'm going to have um, my screens and my blo- my blocking formations, which for me in the past, it was like two nine blocks of horrors. But for this, it'll be almost the same for my feast day list moving forward, um, which is going to be six, six, and nine. So those are going to be uh, pretty centrally located, probably on the line. Um, I'm going to have my throne put out actually as a blocking piece most of the time. So it's not even really about her getting onto the throne. Sorry, it's a her for me. I have a, a, a female little arch regent. Uh, awesome. But... Um, so I'll have her hop on the throne at a later turn. She won't start in the throne. That was a common mistake I had when I was starting to play. Um, I'll use the throne as a, as a physical blocking piece um, when I deploy. And then the idea being that I'm trying to figure out where are those wizards going. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm in a space where they're behind outside of 30 um, from the, the forward most point that I think the enemy will deploy. So that I'm guaranteed to get at least one turn of pretty much uninhibited spellcasting. And I will always give myself the most, the forward most position of my deployment zone towards the enemy, the ability to then set the terror guys down right in front of it, um, usually in front of my line, even away from people, uh, but within 24 inches for ferocious hunger. Um, if you kind of like do those measurements out, you can kind of reliably fit kind of your wizards in the back, all your strip line, uh, your, your bulk units up front and within 10 of your courtiers. And then you make sure to give yourself one one spot to drop a terrorgeist right on the front line in case the enemy looks like that they're deploying in a way where you're e- easily able to do it. And what it'll force them to do often is they have to take turn one because they realize that they screwed up their deployment. And if if they allow you to just freely put a terrorgeist in the backfield of their army, they, that's really bad for them. So it'll force them sometimes to just take turn one. And sometimes that wins you the game.
0: I find as yeah. a terrorgeist player... Uh, the psychology of a terrorgeist in deployment is enough to throw it's people off. It's the threat. Yeah. I remember. I remember the old um, back in the old legions of Nagash. Um, I used to run a terrorgeist in Legion of Night, and it used to be able to put up to three units into ambush. So the fear of a te- <laughs> an ambushing terrorgeist, because it was cool. always my last the last thing I could deploy and I was like, am I going to ambush you? Am I going to come from front? Like mm-hmm. that threw people off uh, so yeah. often. So um, they just yeah. think of, like, I'm going to do 18 mortal wounds. They just it's like 18 mortal wounds it, is coming at me.
1: Dude, it happens sometimes, but it's so rare. It's so rare that the terror guys actually punches to like what people think it will. So it's, it's almost a threat piece more than it is anything else. I mean, it's an extremely threat piece, right? It's, it's that distraction card effects, but it's, it's a, um, yeah. Yeah. It will do it for you every once in a while and when it does, man, does it feel great slash terrible for that other guy?
0: <laughs> I rip, 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 I've ripped so many KO balloons apart with eighteen mortal wounds. Like, oh you got an Archonaut. Yeah. See you later. That's but cool. This is sorry. This is, <laughs> this, is <laughs> this has been awesome. I think you and I could talk forever. You've got a kitchen gonna Pretty be much. full up full of uh, full of peeps. <laughs> I've gotta go pick up some trogs. Um is there any shout outs, any people you want to say hello to? G'day, welcome. Uh, uh, or go on. Wrap, yeah.
1: wrap, wrap us up. Yeah, so uh, to, to my personal gaming club, uh, hello to you all, um, the Sunburst Standard, and then um, to the Colorado team, actually, the Colorado scene, uh, for having the best flesh reader court scene that I've seen anywhere uh, so far in the States, at least. So, shout out to you guys, and of course, to, to my lady, Jenna. Nice. Thanks for letting me do this, babe. <laughs>
0: you, you, you sound delusional, but that keeps to the Always. theme of the show, but... If you enjoyed it, let me know, comment section. You know the dealio. Um, Let me know in the comment section as well. Um, Maybe there is something about the Herald that I'm sleeping on. Josh and I can't work it out. Maybe it's something that's going to help us in the new battle tome when it hits, Mm -hmm. and maybe there's something coming, but right now I'm not connecting the dots. But either way, let us know in the comments. Josh, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this discussion, and I hope Flesh Eater Courts players you're feeling a little bit more inspired and you've got some new ideas on how you can make the most of the new War Scrolls. And, uh, and if you are a Flesh Eater Gourts player in my Discord, I've got an awesome active server. Uh, jump in and chat to all you grand delusional ghoul kings and serfs. What, ni- ni- you're all knights and serfs. You... <laughs> all right. I'm about to, I'm about thanks, to have guys. a copying fit. <laughs> thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. Bye. thanks again. Bye. Thanks for hanging around until the end. I hope you enjoyed that video and you walked away with a few new ideas. Now, if you did, I would love it if you pressed like on the video, as well as left me a comment with your thoughts. The conversation will continue over on Discord, and the link is down below in the episode description. I also want to give a massive shout out to the AOS Coach patrons and YouTube members who are supporting the channel and the growth that you're seeing here. So cheers, you are all bloody legends. And until next time, don't roll a double one on a spell cast.